Now, usually, Rowdy, when the warmth comes, uh, so does the Bucks advancing in the NBA playoffs, as the NBA finals aren't till when? June. <laughs> uh, Bucks didn't even make it till May. They were the number one seed, uh, best team in the NBA. They lost in five games. Remember when I said, boo, the beginning of the year, wake me up in May? <laughs> well, well, just let me keep sleeping. Hey, Rowdy, wake up, buddy. The Bucks didn't even make it to May. The Bucks aren't here. They're, they're, some would say they're sleeping as like, well. Like, think about this. The last game of the regular season was like April 10th-ish. We know that it takes two or three weeks to play a series these days in the NBA because of all of the breaks in games. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't make it to the second round as the one seed. No. No. The second round got you to May. They didn't make it to May. They Their journey ended on um, April 26th. Do I have to go back and correct myself when I said that uh, basically having Giannis playing gets you to the conference semis while he's in his prime? Or can I consider uh, how, that he many, was hurt? I think you have to consider he was hurt because he missed was it two games or two and a half games? Two, almost three games that he missed? Because he, what, went out in the second quarter in game one? Missed the next two? Um, well, speaking of Giannis Rowdy and Mike Budenholzer, there's two things at play. Um, I saw this report at the end of last week. Mike Budenholzer's coaching position, quote, on shaky ground after the Bucks' first round exit. And remember, we had that Giannis Dendekumbo clip about failures and, and what is a failure or not. Uh you know, the, the big clip that went viral of the Greek freak. Yeah, I still think it's <coughs> stupid. I, I understand what Giannis is saying, but at the they end of the failed. day, you failed. Uh, I just asked Bud the exact same question, but uh, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Eric names question. Okay, because I'm not that up. We, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to. I don't want to make it personal. So, personal there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> we know the rest of it. Giannis goes on to say there's steps to it all, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Eric Name asked him it last year. He asked him it this year. My question is, is he going to be able to ask him hit, uh, the, the you know this coming year? Because now I see a report out there from The Ringer. Now, it's just the Ringer reporting this. Was that Bill Simmons rowdy with the Ringer? That Giannis Adendokounmpo, the Mike, Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer believes Giannis Adendokounmpo may want to play for a bigger market team in the near future. I saw, I saw this 22 hours ago from uh, the Ringer via now, the Ringer. That was also something that was being floated out there before he signed that extension to stay with the Bucks. Correct. And also what was floated out there, too, Giannis almost retired in 2020. Remember that report a couple of weeks ago? 
the, the Greek freak had to sit down with the Milwaukee Bucks brass and they had to talk him into not quitting in 2020? Well, if there's one thing that I know Giannis wouldn't do if he did walk away from the game in his prime, he wouldn't go play baseball. I've seen him swing a bat. <laughs> and it is not good. It is not good, Giannis swinging that bat. But he does own some of the Milwaukee Brewers. Maybe he can. Not uh, even that would get him on the team. Maybe he can help Mark Adonazio spend a little more money. I don't know. By the way, Brewers coming back tonight. By the way, here's a Michael Jordan quote. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean Michael Jordan's talking about failure. failure. People say he's the best basketball player of all time. In that quote, he's also talking about failure leading to successes, though, as uh, Giannis also suggests, too. It's, I saw Steve Kerr. Uh, glowing on to the Giannis quote too about well, how lucky of course. Steve Kerr's a turd about how lucky he is to have Giannis in the league with him which I agree I mean Giannis being in the league sounds is incredible. like a pitch to get him to Golden State that's the thing is Giannis Dendekumbo going to make a move to a bigger market Mike Mike Boonholzer is on shaky ground as the Bucks head coach Mike Boonholzer uh, you know if you saw the reports his brother died before the final game when they got eliminated now you know that's terrible um but at the same time, it's not just one game with one family emergency, not to sound callous. Uh, it was a collection of things leading up to it, uh, playoffs in the years past as well. So, I don't know, Rowdy, you've always been on the Mike Budenholzer game-by-game <laughs> contract. Does Booty game have a job? Game, year by year. Does Booty have a job coming up here? I think you would have to, for me, you would have to look at the coaching market. I don't think you move on. I don't think you move on from Boonholzer because I do think Boonholzer is a solid NBA head coach. So move on to move on. You can't just move on to move on. You have to have a better option. You yeah. have to have a championship type option. The pedigree. You don't move on for the apprentice, <laughs> right? Like you, you keep Mike Boonholzer. Do you mean Joe Prunty, the interim Joe coach? Prunty, or someone like that that you could hire? Now, if there is a splash. If there is, is some big and up and coming name, if there is, you know, a, a big name that feels like they want out of where they're currently at, yeah, you go get them. You up, whenever you can upgrade, you upgrade. Yeah. Well, look at the Raptors, right? What did the Raptors do, Rowdy? They had the coach of the year. They fired his ass and they got, what, Nick Nurse and then they won the NBA Finals. And then they also got Kawhi Leonard. And there's that. <laughs> the so, claw. <laughs> I'm also up for the Bucks grabbing a superstar. Maybe dumping like a Chris Misselton and then finding a better coach. Which this Bucks roster is going to be in flux too. The Bucks are the, I do believe, uh, after the Lakers sh- shook things up, the Bucks then became the oldest team. Yeah, they're old. Like everybody that's on that team that the public would have heard of is essentially like 30 plus. Yeah. Uh, once the Lakers shook a little things up, the Bucks became the oldest team. And the Bucks also have a lot of. Uh, uh, guys that aren't going to you know, be on the team coming up here. And as long as you have Giannis and Nakumbo, you're well, we thought Rowdy in the finals, conference finals, right? But apparently not. Uh, he was injured, though. So what happens with the Greek freak? There's reports out there from the ringer that he wants to move on to a bigger market. I don't know if I believe that or not. Uh, and Mike Budenholzer is on shaky ground. But for the NBA playoffs last night, anything is possible, I guess. Joel Embiid, uh, Mr. Glass himself, did not play game one for the 76ers, and guess what? The 76ers beat the Boston Celtics in the East Semis, 119-115. to No one beat, no problem. James Harden, 45 points, 
as the Sixers take game one. Rowdy, did you watch any of that? I did not. But Crazy, I, though. I did see that uh, there was a second game between Denver and Phoenix. Yes, and was. Denver paddled Phoenix again. 97-87. The Nuggets get behind the West Semis. They are now up 2 nothing over the Phoenix Suns. Are we going to see the Joker uh, continue to move on here? Man. Kevin and, Durant has not played great basketball in that first series. I watched I watched part of that game, and then I've, I watched game one between Phoenix and Denver. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, everything he shot felt like it hit the back of the rim and popped out. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, tonight you have Heat Knicks as the Heat are up uh, one nothing in their series. I haven't heard any news on Jimmy Butler or not. Um, and then Lakers Warriors uh, begin their game one in the West semis, which will be the big fanfare as you got LeBron James and Steph Curry. NBA in full force. Uh, we'll talk a little Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, later on in the show as the Greek freak. I mean, this season for the Bucks is an embarrassment. It's an absolute disappointment. I don't know. It is a failure. Giannis can spin it however he wants, and you can agree with like you know the the sweet nothings he whispers in your ear, and the it's like a nice little bedtime story. But it's a championship driven business. The Bucks have a generational player. They were the best team in the NBA, and they absolutely embarrassed themselves. Um, it is a failure. I'm, yeah, I think the only way I wouldn't have called this season a failure is if they would have gotten to at least the Eastern Conference semis and found a way to lose a tough series. If they would have got bounced like 4 to 1 in the Eastern Conference semis, I still would have said it's a failure. Yeah, it's the same. Like they have to be a top 4 team in the East every single year with Giannis. You lost to a team that had to play in to be an 8 seed. You were the best team in the NBA. You lost in 5 games. <laughs> I mean, how was that not a failure? Only 5 other teams had ever lost to an eight seed before. You became the sixth. That's a failure. You you stunk. It was terrible. Packers GM Brian Gutekunst. At the end of the draft, a little recap of it all, he was asked, are the Packers going to be picking up the fifth-year option of one Jordan Love? Yeah, i got to figure that out by Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, but uh, we're kind of still working through that. We've been so focused on the draft. We've had some preliminary conversations, but we'll get to that before Tuesday. What would be the reason not to? Uh, again, I got to get through that. Um, there's, you know, it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't, you know, played. But um, at the same time, obviously, we're we're moving forward with him, so we'll we'll figure that out by Tuesday. Is it end of day Tuesday or end of day Monday? Pretty sure it's end of day Tuesday. Probably three o'clock for us usually. Yeah, I'm. Don't quote me. I'm not 100 percent pretty sure of that. Well, I think you should know that, Brian Gutekunst. But Jordan Love uh, has appeared in 10 career games with one start. Completing 50 of 83 for passes, 606 yards with three touchdowns and three interceptions. It's also funny because Brian Gutekunst is answering the questions like he has no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> I, know. I guarantee you Brian Gutekunst has known what he was going to do with this at the moment he made the decision that it was time to trade Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Uh, again, he says it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played. But at the same time, we're moving forward with him. We'll figure that out. By Tuesday. Uh, Rowdy, what's the money again that you you, you broke it down for us? Yeah, so um, the fifth-year option will be roughly $20 million for Jordan Love, who comes into the 2023 season making about $3.9 million. And if they don't pick up the fifth-year option and they decide to franchise tag him, 
Well, then that Oof. would be the average of the top five quarterback contracts in the league, which would put him closer to $50 million for a, for a salary in two years. But that also doesn't rule out the fact that they could just straight up not pick up that option for the fifth year and let him walk away, or they could extend him to a however many year-long deal they want to at whatever price they want to or they come to an agreement with, obviously. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think? We all said no, don't pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, again, he hasn't really done anything besides a couple throws and garbage time against the Eagles that got people excited, I guess. He looked awesome. To one to Christian Watson specifically that yep. uh, Watson put on the burners and took it. So he let him know. Let I, him I guess. Space. Now, if they don't give him the fifth year option, you're basically telling this guy what? Are you telling him that you don't believe in him, or you're telling if, him like, "Hey, we I just haven't see seen you yet. in a contract here." <laughs> if you if you pick up that twenty twenty four fifth year option it would place him behind these quarterbacks. And then there could be potentially some deals signed, obviously next off season or during the season. But if it was known right now, that 20 million would put him behind Jalen hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Stafford, Prescott, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Geno Smith, Jimmy G. The only guys that that actually puts him ahead of would be Bryce Young, who's just drafted, Trevor Lawrence, who's still on his rookie deal, C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Anthony Richardson. Basically, it's everyone that's in their rookie year of their deal. Yeah. So, or sorry, in the in the on their rookie year and or in their first yeah. contract in the NFL. Yeah. So it's not that much in the grand scheme of things at twenty million, but it sounds like a lot because in theory you could save that twenty million and say draft the quarterback sure. and free up the twenty million to go get whatever you need for the rest of your team, especially if love isn't good. Yeah. Twenty million though, pretty low figure for a starting quarterback. At this point in the NFL with where we're at, it's basically everyone that's not on their rookie deal. Yeah. Um it would behoove the Packers possibly to pick up the option to have the quarterback under contract. Um, but <laughs> how good do you think What if he sucks though? How good do you think Daniel Jones is? I don't think he's the greatest. He's making forty million this upcoming season. Derek Carr is making thirty seven and a half. Yeah. Jared Goff, thirty three and a half. I guess you kinda know what you have with those guys. Ryan Tannehill, twenty nine and a half. You don't know what you have with Jordan Love. Exactly though. That's the gamble, right? That is the gamble. What do you do? Pop quiz hot shot. You got a quarterback that's never done anything. He's in a severe option. What do you do? What do you do? We all say are we all saying no still? Don't pick it up? Well, because look at the quarterback draft coming in next year. See, this is why I, Brian Gutekunst knows what he's going to do, whether they announce it in 10 minutes or if they announce it at 3 p.m. on the dot. He has had this plan. Again, as this goes back to the organization, like with the Aaron Rodgers trade, they have known what they're going to do and what they are looking for since they made the decision to actually go through with this Aaron Rodgers thing. And if they hadn't, these guys are all going to lose their jobs shortly. 
yes. Uh, we're asking you specifically, Rowdy, what you would do. Uh, we know Brian Gutekunst has a plan. See, but they also know exactly how good Jordan Love is. Like, they are the ones that see him every day in practice. They are the ones whose coaches are there working with him, all of this stuff. All we've seen are a couple of throws against Philly, a couple of throws against Buffalo in a preseason game. But obviously, as fans and as you know, viewers of the sport, we don't get an all-access look of what he actually looks like day to day. Now, if I know Jordan Love is going to be pretty good and be a top-half quarterback, yeah, I'm going to pick it up because $20 million is cheap. If I know that this is bombed, yes. I'm not, not picking it up. So whatever Gutekunst does, I feel like if they pick it up, Goody knows he's got at least a decent quarterback. If they don't, Jordan Love is, just stinks. I think I'm under the guise that Brian Gutekunst will pick up the fifth-year option. Like, you, you, you've tied yourself to this guy. This is your career. This is your quarterback. This is the stamp you're putting on the Green Bay Packers. You're going to ride with your guy. This is his guy. He has he has affected the course of the franchise by doing what he did with one Aaron Rodgers. This is his guy. This is set in motion in um, twenty twenty. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down the big lake they call Gitchagumi. Has not been a good couple of weeks, two weeks really for. One man in specifically here, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant Bills. Good morning, Evo. It's a solid day. It, it very much is. Last night was bad news to see for sure. We have uh, the Bucks. Uh, despite what Giannis says, I do believe the season is a gigantic failure. I understand what he's saying, but I do believe it is a failure. The Bucks lose. Yeah. Uh, the sixth time ever, a one seed fell to an eight seed. They're the best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Tough. Uh, then your Sacramento Kings, the beam was not lit. Steph Curry drops a 50-piece. The Kings get exited out of the playoffs. And then Grant, last night, Gordon Lightfoot goes to the great stage in the sky at uh, 84 years young. How are you doing emotionally, physically, mentally? I had, like, uh, I had a friend or two text me. I was, at a, I was at fan practice last night. I wasn't even on my phone. And then uh, somebody texted me, like, hey, do you want me to come over for a drink? And I'm like, what? Why are you inviting yourself over? He's like, Gordon Lightfoot died. I'm like, oh, now I see. Yes, I would like you to come over for a drink, but I'm at home. He did live 84 great years, which, yes. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to lose sleep over a, a, long, a long life like that that was so accomplished and fulfilling. It really is. Grant, so they say it comes in threes. Uh, one of our listeners, the King, pointed that out too. The Bucks, the Kings, and now Gordon Lightfoot. I, hopefully, your your woes are now over for a while. But my fingers are crossed for you, though. Anything else that you like? Well, you're concerned about here? No, I think we're okay. I mean, some funny things have happened this week, like the Boston Bruins losing, and then the Celtics losing last night to a team without Joel Embiid. Like that's pretty funny. So that made me feel <laughs> a little bit better. I really like the Packers draft. So mm-hmm. that's a little, little pick me up. Went to a lovely family wedding this weekend. Nope. That was great. Ooh, Grant, some people were saying, Yang, you know? yeah. some people were saying yeah. that the Sixers were actually better without the guy that's up for MVP. Well, I mean, that's what I tweeted last night. It's like, I, I thought MVP standing for most valuable player. And in the last two weeks, I've seen the Sixers close out a series without Embiid and win game one in Boston on the road. And, in the second round without him as well. I'm not saying, Rowdy. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. connecting dots. He is Joel Embiid is so soft. Like he is beyond soft, dude. Like the, the kids, they call him Mister Glass. What I just mm, something about him, Grant. I don't know what it is. I think it's his lack of availability. Maybe I would say. Maybe it's being like seven two and weighing as much as a truck and deciding to just fall over every play yeah. and play kind of like a baby. Like imagine being that baby though. Oh, the, the things we could do if we were that. Baby. We couldn't drive but a normal car. Roll around on the ground. Yeah. Exactly. I'll tell you that. So, yeah. You'd have to have uh, yeah, bigger doorways in your house, too. You didn't want to keep ducking. Taller cabinets as well. Grant, uh, well, you're okay. Correct. I wanted to clear the air on something before we talk a little more of Packers. Uh, I have never done a Twitter space, but uh, apparently a lot of drama comes from Twitter spaces. Uh, I've come to find out. Now, I woke up to a message. Uh, two days ago, uh, I was tagged in a Facebook post and also uh, tweeted at, or it was a tweet invo- with my name hashtag. A, 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 a listen, two listeners. Now, I've never met Badger's Bloody. I just know him, his online presence. And I've met mm-hmm. Dave from Anona many times. I wake up to yeah. this, this, this message about how this guy's you know, going to slice and dice and, and, and kill Dave and wants to know where he lives so we can murder him, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, what does this have yeah. to do with me? Uh, I, I wake up and I immediately start laughing because to me it's funny. Like it's, I wake up in the, in the morning at 4 a.m. The first thing I read is about is Dave from Anona going on and on about how like he's, he's telling me to, about what is happening on this Twitter space that I have nothing to do with. Now, I thought you were the host and had everything to do with this Twitter space, so I may or may not have said, like, what kind of Twitter space is Grant Bill's running? Well, Grant, you <laughs> know more about it than I because you are a Twitter space king. What, what has happened here? What has unfolded? Well, first of all, I never, I'm never in charge of the Twitter spaces. It's one of my callers whose name is Tony in Texas, who hosts, you know, Twitter spaces for a lot of sports radio listeners, and it's fun. So we were, there was one on Sunday, and I was just, like, doing some work and, like, farting around cleaning up my apartment. So, like, I was just listening, and I was probably in there for, like, 45 minutes, and uh, two, one of my callers, Big Ron in Jersey, a.k.a. Drunk Matt Arnold, uh, was talking about hockey, and I'm like, I got some things to do, so I left. Uh, and then later I see that Dave from Monona and Badger Bloody Reviews got into it. Here's the thing with Dave. Uh, he is blind, obviously. And I, I don't know. I think sometimes he doesn't realize how many people there are in these Twitter spaces. He thinks it's just like two or three of us. It's like a huge audience of people. Hundreds, right? And I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think Dave gets that. And also, like, Dave gets mad that I don't come to his defense. Dave, stop picking fights with strangers on the internet. Like, I, please. Please, for all of our sake, stop. Stop picking fights with people you don't know and then getting mad when I don't come rushing to your defense. Like, I like Dave. I think he is a, a good person. I think he trolls everyone by saying some off-color things. I've met Dave. I think he's a good guy. But I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to his defense on the Internet. When it's, he's the internet. Drink, it's, it's, so. it's the Internet. It's the Internet. Here's yeah. what you do. So, Log out. Just exit out of it. Yeah. And it's over. I don't know why I'm dragged in this either. Uh, like, I thought you were running the space, but I guess not. And now it's like, it's, it's, Dave's mad at me that I think it's funny. It, it's comical to me that I'm dragged into some random beef with the two strangers on the internet arguing with each other. Like, I don't. And one of them, and one of them isn't a real person. He's called Badger Bloody Reviews, and we refer to him by that. This is, this is the last I'm going to talk about it. This is the last I'm going to talk about it, just to clear the air, but I literally could care less. It's just log on. It's, it's the internet. You just don't, you don't log on, then you're fine. Outside, it sounds like two guys, two guys that are butting heads. One may or may not have 
express violence. Uh, Dave is no stranger to pissing people off, and he knows what he's doing, too. Just sounds like two a-holes going at it, and I'm done with it now. <laughs> That's what the Internet's all about. It's That's the Internet. Just making other a-holes mad. That's the Internet. I, yeah, I, a-holes I making other a-holes Dave, mad. Dave did call my show yesterday for the first yeah, time. Yeah, what did he say? So he's back into the fold. What did he say? Uh, he liked the Packers draft. He's mad they didn't get a safety. Okay, sure. Oh. Uh, and then he wanted to complain about Giannis, and Giannis needs to stop having babies, and the season was a oh. failure, and, and you know. This well, here, here's what thing. Dave is now saying to me: is like people wouldn't like that if they said that about your wife, Ebo. And I'm like, oh. Dave, the only person talking about my wife is you and Bill Michael. So, well, Dave's meaning a different sense. Bill's just oogling, but <laughs> Dave can oogle. But yes, all right, Grant. So speaking of Giannis, I saw a report from the Ringer. That uh, Mike, yeah. I don't. Is this true or not? Mike Budenholzer proclaimed that Giannis. Uh, I saved it. That Giannis. Let's see. A report. The Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer believes Giannis may want to play for a bigger market team in the near future via the Ringer. Did you see that? Hear that? No. When did that come out? Twenty-two hours. Well, Twenty-two hours. Twenty-four hours ago. Um. No, I didn't hear that. Unless, Why would Mike Budenholzer? Mike Budenholzer. Like, and I say this respectfully. Mike Budenholzer's brother passed away during a playoff series, yeah. and Darvin Ham was the one to release it. Well, when, since when does Mike Budenholzer break stories? Well, how about this on Budenholzer? Does he keep a job? That's an interesting question. Um, this brother thing is tough, man. I, I think in the moment, a lot of Bucks fans just assumed he was gone. Budenholzer didn't have a great series, but like he was far from the biggest problem against the Heat. Like All of his players pooped their pants. <laughs> they look scared. They they yeah. look like they didn't want to be there. And and maybe that was because it's a really close team and they felt for Coach Bud and it's I, I I don't I don't know. But you know, we can complain to Coach Bud, oh, he didn't call a timeout here. Oh, okay, but Drew Holiday is significantly better than the next best player on the heat behind Jimmy Butler. Chris Middleton's way better than Max Strews and Giannis did like I, I just don't think Mike Budenholzer was one of the two or three biggest problems in the series. The Bucks can move on and try to find another coach if they want, but and you say no I, I to Nick know. Nurse. Everyone wants to hang it all on Bud, and it's just not. Well, Grant, you you say no to Nick Nurse. You're not a Nick Nurse guy. No, I absolutely don't want Nick. Nick Nurse isn't a good coach. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't find this, but I'm going to look into this now. I, I these are normally. I couldn't find it on the ringer either. Listen here. I'll send you the screenshot. Into the Bill Simmons podcast in two weeks, and I won't probably for most of the summer because I can't listen to people talk about what happened to the Bucks. Now I could have been boomered. I mean, I don't know if it's real or not, so I don't. I can't be boomered. But it was NBA updates on Facebook, and it said via the Ringer. I just, I just sent you the screenshot. You can check when you hang up on the, uh, from the interview. Uh, but Grant, uh, speaking of um, you know the Bucks and whatnot, is this uh, <sighs> your take on Giannis's? Uh, failure comments. To me, it was a failure. Like, I understand what Giannis was saying. There's steps to it, but you're the best team in the NBA. Your expectation is to win a championship. You're the number one overall seed. You lost to an eight seed. I, I don't see how that can't be viewed as anything but a failure. Yeah, and I think Giannis knows it's a failure. I, I think we're all, I, I think we're, I think this conversation is dumb. Like, I think Giannis knows that what they did was bad and it's not acceptable and it is a failure. I think what Giannis is saying is, you can't let one series define how you feel about yourself or about your team or about, look, if you, if you, if you don't like what Giannis said, fine, but that's Giannis. That's just the way he talks about things. That's the way he answers questions. Right. I don't think Giannis is saying, Oh, it's fine. Sometimes you lose. No, 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 no. I, I think he's well aware that this result was unsatisfactory. Yeah. If you don't want to use the word failure, just put it that way. Like this wasn't how the season was supposed to end. I think a lot of people are overreacting to it. Like, Mark Cuban, for God's sake, 
is complaining that Eric Name asked a like a predatory question. Man, Eric Name and Giannis have known each other for so long and yeah. have a good relationship. Like everyone started throwing themselves into this conversation. They didn't really know what they were talking about. So. I, I think Giannis knows it's a failure. He just he just chose to word his different his answer differently. I guess and, that would be my yeah. answer. Grant, uh, before I let you go, I, I do want to ask uh, the. Maybe it could be a failure. Maybe it could be the best thing ever. Jordan Love, fifth-year option. I think we're all under the guise that Brian Gutekunst going to pick it up. Would you pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option if you were the GM? Yeah, because even if Jordan Love is terrible, the price of a bridge quarterback to replace Jordan Love is going to be that much money anyways. So, I like, yeah, I would pick it up. I also don't feel bad for Brian Gutekunst when he said, well, you know, it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played. Well, I don't know. What was your plan when you drafted him, man? Like, you made this bed. Now you get to lay in it. Like, hey. I think that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers probably needed to go their separate ways. It looks like Rodgers is energized and, and really motivated in New York, which is great for him. I don't think that was going to happen in Green Bay. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over Brian Gutekunst. Like, oh, uh, uh, what a difficult decision to pick up the fifth-year option for a guy who didn't play. I, I don't know. Your plan was to draft a guy and then sit him for three years. This is always going to be the decision you had to make. So I, I think some of these tough decisions in the draft and with Jordan Love, you know, Brian Gutekunst is having to face them, but they're all decisions that he created for himself mm. by trying to do two quarterbacks at once. So, yeah, I think he should pick it up, and I, I think he should just bite the bullet because this is the situation that he created. Grant, you are uh, God's gift to 740 on Tuesday mornings, man. I got to tell you that. I can't wait to hear the Wisco Sports Show tonight. Mean, yeah? Uh, I was really excited to talk to you guys tonight, um, or this morning. Tonight, maybe a little bit more Brewers, probably more Packers draft stuff. We didn't do the Brewers at all yesterday, so maybe a little bit of them uh, Packers. And I feel like we got to do something for Gordon Lightfoot. Have I don't to. know what. Have to, Grant. I have a lot. I have a lot, you know, a lot of Gordon Lightfoot interview audio with multiple people. Yeah, you uh... so Maybe I'll <laughs> I'll dig back through the archives, they say, and uh, find something nice to play for five minutes tonight or something. I don't know. Grant, you are a treasure, and I'm glad we could clear the air. Uh, when is your next Twitter space, by the way, so we can all hop in to, to monitor it? Yes. Maybe, th- I, maybe threaten some people's you, lives. If you want to be entertained, I just wait for Dave from an owner to enter a Twitter space and see what happens. And not it talk? Is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, you can just listen. It's not like no. Dave will know you're there. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I thought the whole thing started over Dave being muted. No, that was a different... Oh, that was a different thing? That, that, different. Was, that was Dave's yeah. We moved on from that or, uh, original thing? And apparently Bart Winkler is also talking smack uh, oh. in this multiverse of, of violence. Is... Okay. That was really funny. Those two were going at it. Um, but again, Dave, stop picking fights with strangers on the internet and then getting mad when people like me don't come to defend you. I'm just going to sit there and laugh because it's funny. <laughs> Grant, you're the man. I, I'm sure Dave's listening right now and just steaming. We love you, buddy. <laughs> Would you pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option, yay or nay? Right now it's a resounding yes on the Twitter poll. You can call it in, too, at 608-321-1670. Rowdy, $20 million, pretty cheap for a starting quarterback. Here's the gamble, though. If, is he good or not, right? Uh, this has been set into motion of Brian Gutekunst choosing Jordan Love as his guy a long time ago, 2020. And now, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. This is Brian Gutekunst tying his career to a guy, right, Rowdy? Of course he's going to pick up the option. Of course he's going to go with him. Yeah, you would have to imagine that they believe Jordan Love is at least something all right for them to move on from Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're under the belief that Jordan Love is at least all right, yeah, you probably pick up that $20 million fifth-year option because it makes him... It only makes him, I believe, the 17th highest-paid quarterback, and that's without 
any of the Joe Burrow or the Trevor Lawrence or any of those guys that are kind of in their first contracts, that's without them signing at all. Because obviously when Trevor Lawrence signs or when Joe Burrow signs, they're going to go up and way over the 20-ish million dollars that Jordan Love will make in two years. Yeah. So, again, if... It is perceived that he is the guy, which you would think just because they moved on from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it would make sense to pick up the option. But if Jordan Love stinks, man, could you imagine if, say, Jordan Love, there's no belief in Love. They just had so much dislike for Aaron Rodgers and the the relationship was so... uh, (laughs) So (laughs) bad that... They just got rid of him to get rid of him and say they drafted love because they liked him at the time, but now they realize he's not it. And they're like, but we still just can't stand this guy, Aaron Rodgers. We got to, we got to get rid of him only to have Jordan love play for one season, making less than $4 million and then being like, well, we were kidding. We actually, we don't think he's very good. We are going to stink and now draft the quarterback again. Um, Let's say worst case scenario that they pick up his fifth year option. Uh, which I assume they're going to do. And then he absolutely just sucks. Like, he's he sucks. Like, he's bad. Packers are circling the drain. Uh, we're like, oh, my God. What do you do? Because you're, you're tied to him. This, this, well, if he, does I Brian Gudukens keep a job? See, I hope what I think we get is Jordan Love is probably pretty middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I hope he's top 10. Same. But my second wish would be if he's not top 10, I want him to be, like, bottom few. Because that's the only way that you're going to get a bad. You don't want it to be middle of the road because all of a sudden you're going to be like an eight and eight team or, you know, nine and eight or eight and nine. And you're going to kind of be in that gap of teams where it's like you're never really quite making the playoffs, but you're never really getting a high pick. If he's not going to be top 10, just just stink. Because then it is a deep quarterback draft. Yep. You have not only your pick, but you have the Jets' first-round pick. What do you do with – okay. Well, I shouldn't say that. If Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which I believe yeah. he will, you'll have two first-round picks. If all of that happens, though, like the worst-case scenario stuff, do you look at Brian Gutekunst and be like, all right, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is gone, and you know, let's say hypothetically the Jets are having a good, a, a good season. Aaron Rodgers is gone. You're circling the drain. This is the guy that you tied yourself to in Jordan Love. He stinks. How do you look at Brian Gutekunst and be like, all right, this guy can have a job for the future? Because there's another draft class of quarterbacks is coming up that is good picking? Well, my thing would be when you look at general managers, normally like an NFL head coach, they don't have long shelf lives if they aren't pretty good, right? Because it's like, hey, we gave this guy three, four, five years. It didn't work. He's done. How many general managers get to draft multiple quarterbacks, especially when it was their quarterback and they moved on from the the previous guy? I I'm I was like trying to think of GMs off the top of my head because obviously this is not something you really GM, think of. Joe Douglas. Well, how about? Ryan Pace for the Bears because he drafted Trubisky. Then they allowed him to draft uh, Justin Fields, and then he's out of a job. (laughs) Um, And Ryan Poles, the new GM for the Bears, had to decide whether they drafted another quarterback or if they they kept the Fields and traded out of that first overall pick, which obviously they decided to keep Fields. But, yeah, 
how many general managers really get that many quarterbacks that they get to say, well, we had a Hall of Famer much. or just a good quarterback in general. We drafted our guy, traded the other guy. Our guy stunk. Now we should probably get to draft another one. It's few and far between. Ryan Pace is like the biggest example ever. But I think when we look at Ryan Pace, he was also in an organization that is not a greatly run organization. And I think that yep. we as Packer fans, and I also believe that NFL fans in just in the public would would agree that they believe that the Packers are run as a pretty pretty good organization. No one that would be compared to the Chicago Bears or the, okay. the Lions or the Browns. Oh, yeah. Well, look at the Jets. What did, what did Joe Douglas draft? He drafted... Do you perceive the Jets as a, a fine run organization? No, as the, we were just talking about bad organizations. A bad organization. You look at who he drafted. Uh, it was freaking Zach Wilson. He's terrible. Before that... Now, he didn't... I don't think he drafted Sam Darnold, but did he... What did the quarterback situation look like for Joe Douglas bringing him in? Because now he got Rodgers to save himself after getting Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson was terrible. Uh, before that, who did they have, Rowdy? Was Darnold there? I'm misremembering. Darnold was a draft pick by the Jets. I don't think it was Douglas, but it was. Look at look at poor organizations. He joined the, the Jets in 2019, so Darnold is not his. Yeah, he was 18. So you look at you know around the league. If you're a bad organization, you have a GM that's allowed to meander around and draft terrible quarterbacks. What is Brian Gutekunst? We'll find out with Jordan Love. Don't let Ben Kenny get it twisted or Bill Michaels. This is my breaking news sounder. has been for years. Ben just stole it. Breaking news. Packers and Jordan Love have agreed on a one-year contract extension worth up to $22.5 million, including $13.5 million fully guaranteed, says Adam Schefter, Ian Rampart. There you go. Jordan Love, Packers. A one-year contract extension worth up to 22.5 mil. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, the fact that instead of picking up the option, they decide to give him a contract extension, which, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. But it's a little bit more money. Yeah. Ooh, so Brian Gutekunst kind of knew what he's going to do after all, Rowdy. He's, uh, yeah, 22.5. Because instead of they picked up the fifth year, it would have been $20 million, right? Roughly, yes. With 135 million fully guaranteed now for the Packers new quarter. Well, new starting quarterback. Isn't that weird Love. though, that you gave him a one year contract extension instead of picking up the option at an amount that is slightly higher. Isn't that just a little weird? Cause you, you're in cap hell. We know that you're in cap hell. If you weren't, you wouldn't only be signing these middling veteran type deals, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. It's, it's only going to get worse next year. Unless you start to cut bait with the Bakhtiaris and those type of players. And this year you felt the pain. Next year you would feel the pain. Then by 2025, you would start to relieve yourself of all of the salary cap woes that you uh, occurred or incurred because of the Aaron Rodgers and the trying to go all in all year. It's weird that you would give him the few million dollars more. Maybe they gave him a little more for having to sit behind Rodgers for a couple of years. Be like, hey, man, thanks for putting up all the BS. Uh, it's time now. Here, and here's a, here's a little extra, something extra for you. I don't know. Prove it year now for Jordan Love, Rowdy. Contract is Prove it year for Jordan Love. Obviously. I mean, he's got a lot to prove. Uh, the Packers, uh, let's see here. If they were to pick up the fifth-year option, would it hit the cap differently than giving him this contract extension? 
Yes, it could potentially because okay. that makes sense. I mean, obviously, I don't know all the ins and outs of the contract. No one ever does, but there could be more flexibility with how they decide to pay it out. Yeah, maybe that would open up some more. Uh, yeah, flexibility with the salary cap next year. But on the surface, you're actually giving them more money than you had to. So Russ Ball with his magical abacus up there in the money department uh, getting it done with Brian Gutekunst. Interesting. Picking up, not picking up the fifth-year option, instead a contract extension, 13 and a half fully guaranteed. That's a good point. There very well could be little things in there where it allows them flexibility. Yeah, I. that's what I assume uh, why they would do that. So there you go. There's your answer. Jordan Love is will not be a lame duck quarterback. A contract extension. Did you see that one coming up? Out anywhere, no, Rowdy? No. So there you go. Brian Gutekunst out there uh, giving his guy a little extra cash. Well, this is uh, this is the year for for Goody and Jordan Love. Okay, Rowdy. Now what happens? You got a contract extension. Now what? Time to extend Rashawn Gary. Extend Gary. I think that's the next one. Because the Packers and their cap is not kind to each other. Yeah, right now they are not under the cap by a ton. And I think I saw, so obviously the, the, the Packers did some work yesterday by going out and picking up 12 undrafted free agents that they signed. Mm-hmm. I believe they still have two roster spots left for going into summer. Now, does that mean that they uh, are going to have to go sign some big name like a backup quarterback? Not necessarily. Um, does it sound like they're going to go after anybody that you've ever heard of before? Probably not. They no. don't have the cap space to do so. Well, But in reality, I, we, we and I and Ben Kenny, we, we bagged on Sean Clifford, rightfully so. Yeah, he stinks. But would you rather have Sean Clifford making seven hundred and fifty ish thousand dollars and sucking? Because if we're gonna suck, I wanna really suck. Oh, if you're gonna suck, I, you're gonna be the best at sucking that ever sucked. Exactly. I want the f- top couple picks for next year because it's a good quarterback draft. You have the top two quarterbacks. Commit to the suck. Do I think you rather have Clifford, you rather have Etling making zero money than going out and signing some of the best potential backups. One, I don't think Matt Ryan would take a backup job. And two, it's going to be expensive. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, your buddy Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is another one. Uh, He might take a backup job, but it's not going to be cheap. Look at Chase Daniel. Hey, if you want to commit to sucking, you sign Carson Wentz. Chase Daniel took, he made a career off of being a backup, but you get right down to some of these names, Brandon Allen, Josh Johnson, Brett Rippon, John Walford, Bryce Perkins. Did you say Simeon? Those guys stink. Uh, it won't even be worth signing them because you're going to suck anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe Flacco's 80 years old. Yeah, suck of, suck of Sean Clifford and friggin' Danny Edling. They, they suck much for less. They suck for less. They suck for less, and they, they suck even more. Like, Josh Johnson probably would look quite good 
up against Sean Clifford. Are we totally just throwing out Sean Clifford as the complete suck? I mean, we know the Bryce Perkins, the John Walford, you know the Josh Johnsons. We don't can Cl- will Clifford I, suck? That like I'm I'm willing to have a take and get criticized. Rashawn Gary turned out to be pretty good. I am fully confident Sean Clifford will not be good. So that would be that would be a good thing though if the Packers commit to the suck. If they if, yeah, if, if Love they need gets to. hurt yeah. or if he is really really bad. So yeah, I don't so want to be like I think the Packers are a fringe playoff team if Love plays well, whether that be nine and eight, ten and seven, eight and nine, seven and ten, whatever that has to be. But I, if Love gets hurt, no, this team, this team isn't anything. No, well, it, and Love has to be decent, and the quarterbacks that are out there right now aren't anything aren't, they're, either. They're not. They're not going to be any. You know, and if they are, it's too much money, like a Matt Ryan, like you said. Yeah, and and I think Matt Ryan. I think the writing was on the wall for him a couple of years ago, where he really fell off that cliff for the Falcons because he stunk last year in Indy. He's terrible. Honestly, the best one, the best guy out there that's available is Carson Wentz. Gross. Unless you could convince Tom Brady out of retirement. Now that. That would be such a plot twist. Hey, we know that he takes uh, friendly deals too. Sometimes <laughs> that would be what that would be quite the plot twist, right? You trade away Aaron Rodgers and then you somehow slink Tom Brady out of retirement <laughs> to Green Bay. <laughs> Brady's in Miami. He's like chilling in Florida on a yacht. Jordan Love, like he's like he's going to... through it. He goes, "What the hell do I have to do?" Damn. He's like, "I thought I retired and uh, stayed in Florida. Now they're trying to get me to go to where? Green Bay, Wisconsin? For how much?" Oh, well, maybe this will get Giselle to notice me again. What do you think of the uh, contract extension of Jordan Love, Benjamin? Uh, I mean, it's it's news because today the option was either going to get picked up or not. Mm-hmm. And the option would have been $20 million plus guaranteed. This is that fifth-year option with less guaranteed money but with the potential for more. So it's a like you get why Love would want it. You get why the Packers would want to do it that way. I don't have a takeaway as to what the contract means. I just like, I, I look forward to next year and the year after. And this team is the flexibility they have, whether love is good or not. They're in a very unique position. Most teams that move on from an old quarterback, like the Colts have, have found trouble. Uh, uh, most teams struggle and it takes them a while to find a new path for this. It's like, okay, he has two years to prove it. Either he does or he doesn't. And if he doesn't, they can easily move on. There's no financial obligation. Now, if they do move on from him, do you look at Brian Gutekunst and be like, how can you be our GM? Love? If they move on from love. No. Can you look at Goody and be like, you did, you did all of this for this? Well, even if love, like if love is good or not, I still think it was smart to trade Rodgers. Because I don't think the team around him would have been good enough to win. That's what I've been saying the whole time. So, so the answer is no. Um, obviously, that's what his legacy will be tied to. Well, then to. if the team isn't good enough for Jordan Love to win, or with Aaron Rodgers to win, how the hell is Jordan Love going to win? Then you got to even look well, more. Jordan Bra- Love can make the play. Then you got to even look at Brian Gutekunst and be like, <laughs> what are you doing? No, the difference between being good enough to make the playoffs and see what a quarter young quarterback has than being ready to win a Super Bowl. Well, I think if Jordan Love was Jordan Love was never good enough. And they decided it's it's time to trade Aaron Rodgers. I could get on board with it, but the dude absolutely put his nuts on the line 
because it's easy to go down the ship, go down the ship with Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Famer. You could easily play out the next year, two or three years and be like, oh, you know what? We mm-hmm. tried, blah, blah, blah. He's great. Now we're looking for our next quarterback. If you move on from him earlier than what a lot of fans were expecting, man, uh, you you really put your your neck on the line. <laughs> but if he did do that, like in baseball, it's obviously a little bit different because it's a hard salary cap versus no salary cap. You would have to go all into me if love is not good. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking like next year you start cutting the Bakhtiaris, the Preston Smiths, all these, all these older aging veterans and you really get young and you really suck for the next year or two. So you can acquire more uh, draft capital and higher draft capital. Like I don't want to be an eight and nine team. Well, yeah, exactly. Which I think is why they traded Rogers. Cause they were just an eight and nine team. I, uh, I, what do you I think, think they're going to be with Jordan love? Huh? What do you think they're going to be with Jordan Love? I I think they could be close to the same, but it means something different. Eight and nine with Love, and maybe you sneak into the playoffs. You're nine and eight means much means a lot different things for the future than eight and nine with Rodgers when you're supposed to be contending for a Super Bowl. What do they do with Jordan Love then? Like, what's their? Isn't the goal to win the Super Bowl with Jordan Love? Not next year. They're not That's, there. Shouldn't yet. that should be your goal every year? Okay, yeah. Their goal is to win the Super Bowl. But when we talk about a realistic expectation for the season, you want to see enough from Love to know that he's the future. That's what the goal of the season is. You obviously want you want to win a Super Bowl. Fine. Um, I think Love is going to be very good. But again, if he stinks in the event he does, which is obviously a realistic possibility, then the team would then not be good. You have two first-round picks, and it's an incredible quarterback draft. Like, like, yes, okay, Goody has tied a lot of his legacy to Jordan Love, but I also argue that he has set up the team and the franchise perfectly where so, whatever happens with the quarterback, they're flexible. They can move on. They can go different directions. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. So you'd want, let's say Jordan Love is bad. Which I don't think will happen. Then you get more, you know, higher draft picks. You want the guy who chased away Aaron Rodgers, picked a terrible quarterback in Jordan Love. Also, Deshaun Kaiser, one of his guys, too, is terrible. To pick another quarterback with a high draft pick? If it's Caleb Williams, yeah. Man. There's a di- Okay. Like if you're so you picking, want the guy that has struck up Deshaun, th- three times to have Deshaun another at When was drafted? Well, Goody brought him in. What was he? Was he no, what round? I don't remember. Who is this? Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser was a first-round draft pick by the uh, Cleveland Browns. Okay. So Goody didn't draft him. No, he brought him in, though. Okay, fine. Um, as probably a backup. But Love is a later first-round pick. So there's a difference between a GM, and, and, and yes, I, I know his legacy is tied to him, but there's a difference between getting the best quarterback in a great quarterback draft that people are calling the next big thing, which is Caleb Williams, and I agree. Difference between that and taking the fifth best quarterback in the class in the end of the first. Sorry, round. I take that back. Deshaun Kaiser was the first pick of the second round by the Browns, though. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we didn't give up anything to get him. Was well, that the part that of the is. Randall, the Demarius Randall trade, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, but but he wasn't a high draft pick by him, is what I mean. <clears throat> no. Yeah. He he just brought him in because he he had an eye for him. He's like, oh, this guy's gonna be good. And then he got in and he was god awful. I just think through Goody's tenure. And love is going to be the reason whether people like him or not. I think he's proven that he's a terrific general manager. What's and, the who's, and GMs make mistakes? Like well, Harry totally. Roseman struck out with Wentz. 
Who's and who's the best done. pick of Brian Gutekunst? The, the I best. would say pound for pound, it's either Elton Jenkins or Jair Alexander. One's a first round pick, one's second round pick. Elton Jenkins or Jair? What? Who's, what's the best pick he's made? Yeah, I'm just. Thinking I mean, I loud. would say the best roster moves he's made is also a discussion, and those include a lot of the cheap free agents he's brought in, and they've been really good. You know, like, like building a roster while the draft is significant. It's not the only. It's not the only thing you use to build a roster, and I argue he's done a good job, generally speaking. So I have faith in him. Is what I'm trying to say. Going forward, intriguing thought experiment. Whether love's good or not, like I've I've faith in the in the GM. It's out of his control at this point. Like it's up to love himself. It's yeah, up to oh, the yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, it it is up to love, but also Brian Gutekunst to give him you know pieces around him as well. Which correct? He's he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's done. So we'll see. But yeah, it is up to love now. I mean, Brian Gutekunst. Depending on what love does, Brian Gutekunst either be viewed as you know the next. Best things in sliced bread, or we want to run them out of town like insert GM here that we, we're no longer fond of. So, so I know it's a unique position because Murphy's going to be gone in a couple years. Thank God. And then whoever comes in after him likely would want a new GM, the same way that new athletic directors want new head coaches. But keep in mind, it's different because it's not an actual like owner. I I compare it to an athletic director in a way. Yeah, where where they want to have that mark. I still like. Whether love's good or not, and and Goody still shows an ability, if this draft is really good, if the roster starts to rebound really quickly and looks up for 2024 and beyond, like I, I think he's proving he's a great general manager. I just hope the love thing works out so people see it. I think we all hope the love thing works out. All right, so what's realistic year one? Uh, Rowdy, you said fringe playoff team? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. People are going to be up in arms over Brian Gutekunst. Is that enough to bring Jordan Love back if you're an 8-9 team? I guess if you can, it depends on the season plays, though. He's under contract for two years. Okay. So he'll be back for a second year. And then with the crop of quarterbacks, let's say you're 8-9. Well, I guess you're probably not going to get one of those big-time quarterbacks because you'll have nope. a lower, well, why, be as high. Why are you 8-9? Are you 8-9? Well, yeah, I guess yeah, it plays out. Defense is top in the league and Love is the worst thing ever? Or are you 8-9 because the offense is fine and Love is okay? And the defense stinks. If you know, if Jordan Love is middle of the road, and obviously Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones, and we know what they have on offense, and Christian Watson is solid, and Dobbs is solid, and whatever, we know that the offense is is decent, and the defense is just okay. Can we get rid of Joe Barry? That's another thing. Like, how? The not only Joe Barry, and, but look and, at Brian Gutekunst and every of those first round draft picks. We should have the best defense in the land. Now he's got it. Brian Gutekunst has to hit on those draft picks. I don't think he's necessarily has, but but if the defense is only okay and Van Ness and some of these new guys come in and actually look good, or or Wyatt gets to fully play because now Dean Lowry is out of the picture and he plays well and Quay Walker takes steps. If Joe Barry has an okay defense and we go into the 2024 season, I got to look at LaFleur and say, dude, your ass is next if you don't get rid of this bum. Seriously. What if it's not all Joe Barry's fault? Well, I, mean, I mean, you mentioned all the first round picks. 
Eric Stokes missed the whole year. Rajon Gary got hurt. Like, yeah, is his approach not as fun to watch? 100%. I don't mean to completely defend him, but I'll say this. Today in the NFL, I bet you almost every defensive coordinator does what he does in terms of the lack of aggression. That's just how defense is played today. And it's not as fun to watch. And the defense underwhelmed last year. I, I, I think a discussion should be had about... Well, some, obviously it's players, but also when well, you the see... The players regressed. Devontae Campbell wasn't good. Douglas he was also wasn't hurt. that good. Someone's got to fall on a sword, though. Oh, sure. And also when you see um, them putting Jair Alexander like 10 yards off of their number one wide receiver, you're like, um, well, we know what's going to happen here. And then it happens. And also, when you are Brian Gutekunst, first, you can... He's picking the players. First, you can say, ah, well, I missed on this guy, blah, blah, blah. Then, since it's the defense, well, you know what? It's the coordinator that stinks. And then if if you continue to struggle, then you can look at, well, the head coach, you know, there's not clear leadership here. Then it finally gets to you. So, like, there there is levels to it. And he's got a lot of levels of blame before he officially has to take the heat. And right now, I think a lot of Packer fans would be saying that they're on they're on level two, and it's it's the D coordinator. Yeah, no, I don't like him, Chris I, Carter. Don't get me wrong. You're the fall like guy. Him. You don't like you don't like is it his hair? I don't love his his presence and his aura. Joseph Barry and in the beginning of last season when they were healthy, he wasn't I don't good. like his presence. But throughout the season. He, was playing he wasn't even the pump-up pump guy. He, he had to have was someone it? say he didn't even have a presence. No, he was present. Yeah, there to suck it up. At the end. Well, who's the pump-up guy from last year? He's like, was it Gray? The yep. Jerry Gray? Yeah, yeah. Jerry Gray the, the Falcons, yeah. I believe. Another knock on against Joe Barry. Let Jerry Gray go. All right. Um, hey, good news though. Packers. Uh, good news for sports like radio. Packers got Jay Love contract extension. Yeah. The guy that got the defenders going last year now it's in Atlanta. Yeah. West Coast crew, kind of. Mountain crew, maybe. Rowdy? Freddie Peralta is scheduled to start at Coors Field for only the second time when they open up their series tonight. The first for Freddie Peralta five years ago on Mother's Day where Freddie Peralta uh, got called up out of nowhere, got his parents there as quick as he could. He went out and dazzled one of the best Major League debuts in recent memory, striking out 13, which is a record for a guy making his debut, and taking a no-hitter into the sixth, a complete domination against the Rockies. Now his second start at Coors Field tonight. How about about fastball Freddie, baby? Yeah, has not been back to Colorado to pitch in those elements since then. So it's going to be interesting because uh, Freddie Peralta, now that he has consistently been in the big leagues, he's a guy that actually has uh, career splits that are, are better at home than on the road. And that's a little dangerous when you start talking about Colorado and the altitude. Yeah, but there is history there. His his debut, he shined. Yeah, uh, Freddie Peralta's debut there, uh, his parents were able to make the trip to Denver from their home in the Dominican Republic. On Mother's Day, Peralta's mother, very emotional about it. His dad getting all jacked up, too. Freddie Peralta, that was, uh, uh, he had the pink sleeves on. He was out there dominating uh, for the crew. Yeah, 13 strikeouts, and he was removed with two outs in the sixth inning at 98 pitches as the Brewers had a 7 to nothing lead. 
Uh, just the fifth major league pitcher ever with at least 13 strikeouts in his major league debut. Uh, and the first since Steven Strasburg fan 14 in 2010. Uh, Freddie Peralta, though, coming to the night, Rowdy. Uh, the Brewers second in the NL Central. The Pirates first place. Uh, wild. Brewers are a game and a half back. What are we thinking of the crew uh, against the Rockies tonight? Getting back on that good foot? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they just won the series so. against the Angels. Uh, looking at the, the Brewers just in general, I'm more worried about their health. Their health and the young guys. Because obviously, they, we've talked about it at length. They've had a lot of injuries when it comes to the starting rotation and when it comes to the bullpen. And the bullpen had been surprisingly good until it started taking on water, mostly due to injuries. Not uh, not really poor performance for the most part outside of uh, starting to get guys in positions that they're really not used to pitching. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, really, the only guy that has underwhelmed me from the bullpen would be Matt Bush. That's that's probably <laughs> keeps giving him home runs. That's probably the only guy that's like, man, he he hasn't been as good as I thought he would be. Yeah. I would say everyone else has been as good or better than what you thought they were. And now. Javi Guerra might have not been a very good, but I mean, he's now with the Rays, and he was—they got rid of him quick. But yeah, he's I mean, getting a start today, isn't he? He is starting. He's the opener for the Rays. But um, <laughs> you look at the the Milwaukee Brewers. I think the other things that are are—you knew it was going to happen. You just didn't know when. Now you look to see if they can rebound. That is the Joey. Well, obviously Garrett Mitchell's hurt. But this is the the Weemers and the Terangs of the world. Those guys came up and and lit the world on fire those first couple re- weeks. Didn't it seem like you know Bryce Terang was getting a big hit or Joey Weemer would have a hit every game for those first couple of weeks? Yeah. Well, it was their first real taste in the big leagues. Finally, maybe some of these pitchers have gotten a, a bit of a book on them because those guys have been quite cold as of late. Now. Do I fully expect them to stink for the rest of the year? No, you know, it's going to be ebbs and flows. There's cycles to this. But, yeah, clearly it looks like they are starting to catch up to the big league pitching and they need to make some adjustments of their own Mm -hmm. as they have been struggling. But also at the same time, it it is kind of nice that the Milwaukee Brewers are, are getting some reinforcements with a Tyrone Taylor that is coming back. So maybe if, if Joey Weimer or another outfielder needs a day off to kind of catch their breath because they've been struggling, they have that opportunity. Not saying that they didn't before, but it was kind of like, well, we got uh, Owen Miller playing right field or we got Mike Brasso in right field. Guys that are truly not right fielders, they're utility players, mm-hmm. but Tyrone Taylor is a legitimate outfielder. And if he can come back and swing the bat like he did in 2021 down the stretch, that's going to be a boost for the Brewers. Uh, Adrian Hauser will be a boost for the pitching staff, whether they put him in the rotation or in the bullpen. Gus Varland is nearing return. I know we talked about this the other day, but finally the Brewers are starting to get healthy. Woodruff is, is supposed to be back by the end of June. But, man, it, it felt like they really weathered the storm there. Yeah, it totally. In the first month of April, outside of those first like week and a half, it seemed like it was just raining injuries for the Brewers. Yeah, and guess what? They uh, have weathered that storm. Second in the NL Central, how are the Pirates first place, 20-9? and nine? That's not sustainable, right, Rowdy, for the Pirates? You wouldn't think so. And, man, it's not only that they are getting 
pretty darn good pitching. They're they're hitting the baseball too. And this is this is a Pirates team that's like people are going to get super excited in Pittsburgh and the fan base is going to want them to trade say say that the Pittsburgh Pirates can keep this going into July. The fan base is going to be pumped because they haven't been good since well basically Andrew McCutcheon was good and we're going on Man, when was the last time the Pirates made the playoffs? Like 20, 2014, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. So it's been a minute, and they're gonna they'll be calling for ownership in the front office to make trades to acquire players Oof. to make a big push. Got some bad news. And it for just them. ain't that ain't gonna happen, and it shouldn't happen. Got some bad news for them, Rowdy. I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, be doing they're that. they're they're ahead of schedule. They're they're ahead of when they would have originally thought that they would be contending. Twenty fifteen, they lost to the Cubs in a wild card. In a wild card. 2014, they lost to the Giants. Yeah, so, but yeah. 2013, lost in the divisional series against the Cards. How long do we think the Pirates can keep doing this and, and stay in first place or at least be relevant in the as a contender in the NL Central? And how long are the St. Louis Cardinals going to be in the cellar? They're 10 and 19. Yeah, they're not 10 good. 10 and 19. That's, that's more crazy than the Pirates being first place. And the weird part about the Cardinals is they've been a contender in that division for pretty much every year for the last as forever, as long as anyone can remember. You look at that team, they brought back a lot of the same players that they had last year. They still have Goldschmidt. They still have uh, Nolan Arenado. They still have Edmonds and Carlson and right on down the line. Mm. Starting pitching is still relatively the same. The bullpen is still relatively the same. Heck, they even upgraded catcher from an ancient Yadier Molina to a, a Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Like, if anything, the Cardinals have made slight upgrades. Now, I know uh, their captain and, and leader of the team, Adam Wainwright, has been out with a groin due to uh, pitching in the World Baseball Classic. But still, this team is relatively the same. They, you can't argue that the Cardinals have any more injury issues than the Brewers. <laughs> You can't argue, like, at the beginning of the season, remember we were joking, like, oh, the Brewers are doing this, the Cardinals stink, blah, blah, blah. Well, they had played, like, the Dodgers and the Braves, two teams that were perceived to be some of the better teams in the NL. Mm-hmm. We've played over a month of baseball. Like, that, that that's no longer a thing where you can be like, well, we played this really good team a couple times because we've only played nine games. They no, it, yeah, they have, they have not played well. And the bullpen has not been nearly as good as it was last year. The starting pitching hasn't been good. This is not good. How long until we write the Cardinals off? That's a great question. Um, How long until we write the Pirates off? Do they coincide with each other? I don't know. Normally for the Pirates, I would have said, you know, late May, they're done. They'll start to fade. I look at the Cardinals, I probably, because it is the Cardinals, I probably would have gave them till Mm -hmm. mid-June, roughly close to halfway through the season. But yeah, I mean, if 10 and 19. Yeah, that's not good. That is no bueno. You do know that, like, over the course of a Major League Baseball season, that the worst teams in Major League Baseball win about a third of their games? Yeah. They're winning about a third of their (laughs) games. 